Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ian McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're reflecting back on the year that was in 2019, and we have Ed's biggest blunder. I'm going to share with you the one of the biggest mistakes, or actually <laughs> the thing that I got the most flack about in 2019. Uh, was it the red pants that time? Oh, Andrew, let's not bring it up for the for those listeners. Um, but it was the, the biggest blunder I made, uh, or the most flack I copped this year, was when I made uh, an economics-based video that went out on social media where I, I had a question come into my mind that morning, and the question was, what is the si- average size of mortgage in Auckland? What's the average mortgage size in Auckland? And so I went out, I looked at data from the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, and I thought, okay, this is pretty credible. Let's uh, make make a few changes. So I got the average new home loan size in New Zealand, and I just scaled it for Auckland based on the fact that house prices are different. And so I said, okay, the average loan size in Auckland was about 280k. And boy, did I cop some flack online from social media from people who, I, I guess what it probably was, was that they saw that, they saw that the, the, average loan size was estimated at 280k which was the best estimate I could make based on the data and um, they, they probably felt that that wasn't their reality and that it couldn't be true. Now we're going to unpack this data a bit more today but what I want to start off with is is actually just, just talking about that this is some really interesting data because it is the average mortgage in New Zealand according to Reserve Bank data is actually much lower than any of us would have predicted. You know so I'm looking at for February 2019, the average new home loan size was $224,752. So basically, 225 k was the average new mortgage size. And now you're probably all thinking, well, if the average house price in New Zealand back then was about 560 dollars k how is it possible that we have the average mortgage on that property of 225 k And it's simply... From from what I can gather, comes down to this: If you bought a property ten years ago, fifteen years ago, for five hundred thousand dollars, and you had a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage on that property, are you talking in today's terms? No, no, no. I'm talking about if you bought it ten years ago. You bought ten years ago for five hundred thousand dollars. It's now a million dollar property, say, and you paid down that four hundred thousand dollar mortgage to say three hundred thousand dollars over that ten year period. Now you've got 700k worth of equity within your property. If you then go and buy a 1.2 million dollar uh, house, then you've got a, a new mortgage, and then if you increase the size of your mortgage because you already had that equity in your property, you've now got a 500 thousand dollar mortgage. So you might have a 1.2 million dollar uh, property, but you've only got a 500 thousand dollar mortgage on it because you've been in the property market and you've had the benefit of the of uh, the your property increasing over time, and that's why when I look at the differences between investor lending, first home buyer lending, and owner occupier lending, it's all completely different. So the back in 2019, February 2019, the average owner occupier mortgage, the new owner occupier mortgage, was 187k or 188k, whereas the average investor mortgage was 330k. Was about uh, was it was about twice as much. And actually, one of the things that Ed and I were talking about off air with this one was um, I find that number quite low, uh, and I don't I don't necessarily think that it's people buying for a low purchase price, uh, more that maybe they're not 
getting the right advice when it comes to buying that investment property. So we did some numbers and kind of works it to be about a 470 purchase price if you put in a 30% deposit. So that makes me think that maybe what people are doing is they might be structuring uh, uh, their their debt by, uh, you know, they go buy a new purchase, uh, uh, investment property, they might put in their own capital whilst they have a personal mortgage and so therefore they don't have as big a, a rental mortgage uh, but the problem is that's a tax inefficient way of doing it. The better option would be to put that money, the whatever the hundred thousand dollar deposit, against your own debt, and then reborrow it to buy the investment property. So that for purpose point of view, the money was used to buy an investment property, and therefore is tax deductible. And actually, I'll just briefly mention to try and redeem myself, one of the, the good things I did this year is we had one of the listeners uh, from the show talking to us about how to how to structure their different mortgages and whether they should pay down their personal mortgage more quickly uh, more quickly than their investment mortgage. And they were saying, oh, but I really want to pay down my investment mortgage. And our advice, of course, was to get rid of your personal mortgage, mortgage first. I ended up creating a, uh, a spreadsheet that had about 12 different sheets in it, um, working out all of the numbers in different scenarios to try and show that it actually is more tax efficient and perhaps we'll talk about those numbers uh, in, in a future episode as well. But just to talk as well uh, about first home buyer's uh, mortgage, which is probably the, the best representation um, of, of where the LVRs kind of are at and the sort of deposit you'd need because uh, the average first home mortgage in February 2019 is, uh, was 388k. Which is still pretty low because on a on a twenty percent deposit or even a ten percent deposit, then you've got a property that's worth well under five hundred k. And so compared to the median, like the median at this at the time uh, that the starter was taken was five hundred and sixty k. So they were at about a seventy percent LVR compared to the median. Now, what I think this is saying is that most first home buyers are buying underneath the median price because that's what they can afford. So do you think also people that maybe are living in areas like Auckland, which are very uh, high median house values, are buying later and or maybe they're going to mum and dad and leveraging against mum and dad's house so they can put more equity in perhaps. And I think they're probably uh, they're probably purchasing at the low, the lower end as well. But of course, the, the reason that these might be quite low is of course we're talking about the median and the way median's calculated is that if there are 20% of Aucklanders who are buying really expensive houses and have really high mortgages, that wouldn't factor into the median because we're lining everybody up and choosing the exact middle person. And I think this is the important thing when you're, when you're reading stats, when even, when even I'm recounting stats to you, you've got to be questioning, well, how is that calculated? What does that really mean? Um, you know, if you find something surprising, don't necessarily just accept that if your intuition says otherwise. You know, think about, well, what are the reasons behind it? In this case, I don't believe that first-home buyers are going out with a 30% deposit. No. No, not at all. They're going out with a 10 or a 20% deposit, and uh, they're just buying houses underneath the median house price, which is, which is why, uh, if you compare it to the median, it is a uh, a, a higher deposit level that, that the data would suggest but then we just kind of rejig about what, what's actually happening and it gives us some insight into the market as well but I just wanted to share that what was the biggest blunder for me uh, <laughs> or where I, I copped the most flank uh, in 2019 was a, was about um, these these figures of what is the average mortgage within Auckland and within New Zealand. Um, I, I, I have a lot of faith within these stats from the Reserve Bank of New Zealand but I do 
do think as well you've got to take them uh, with an understanding of how are they calculated and of course uh, recognising as well that that's not the average first home buyer mortgage as well. The average first home buyer mortgage is well above what the average owner-occupier mortgage is but it is interesting to know that back in, in February 2019 the average owner-occupier mortgage was really low, about uh, sorry, 187k or 188k. So let's wrap it up there. But of course, if you do want to learn more about property investment with Andrew and I, uh, then why not check out our epic guide to property investment. This is our 16,000 word guide, which is freely available on our website. Don't even need to put in your email in order to get it. Now, if you want to go there to start your new year off right and know all about property investment, uh, then here's what you do. Pull out your phone go to Google and just type in Property Investment NZ. Once you scroll past the ads, we're always in the top kind of three within there. So you can go there. It's a great read as well, about 45 minutes. And that will give you a really good overview of the New Zealand market and the different types of strategies that you can use in order to be able to start investing in property in 2020. Now, of course, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Guys, I don't think you understand just how much that makes a real difference to our ability to get out and help more and more New Zealanders invest in property and access the property market. So if you can do that, it would mean a lot personally to Andrew and I. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. <laughs> <laughs>